You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. Okay. <laughs> Merry belated Christmas, everybody. Yes. Did you get our Christmas card? Probably not because we didn't no. send one. I've been married for five years and I don't think we've sent out a Christmas card once. I've been married for a little over a year and I have not done a Christmas card. Some people send out Christmas cards even when they're single. They go through the time and effort to get a picture of them, maybe their pet, and send out a Christmas card. I've never done that. Um, I'm not going to judge those people. Good. That's that's growth on your part, man. I don't know if five <laughs> years ago you would have been in the spot no, to no. withhold your But sometimes I think like, when somebody sends you a Christmas card, now I've been getting Christmas cards that don't say anything. It's just pictures of the family. It'll say Merry Christmas. But, like, my mother-in-law is really good at keeping people in the loop. She'll send a Christmas card out and then give a recap of the year for the family. Is it and handwritten? No, I, no, it's not so, handwritten. But Teresa, it's, like, it's okay. It's like, this year we did this and this. This baby was born. These people did this in our family. We're doing this. That's actually We're a nice strong. touch. And so it's like, you, you get an update. So shout out to my mother-in-law who does that. But the people who are sending cards that have nothing on them, that, but there's it's pictures like, of family. Are you equating the pictures of family to nothing? Um, no, <laughs> I'm not. But I will say I did get a Christmas card this season that was from people that random people that we met at the park. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How did they get your address? Check it out. We invited them to church. They started coming. They put their kid in preschool. They're active members of this church now, and Glory they sent me God. a Christmas card. What a it, testimony! It gave me the warm fuzzies. Good. So, it gave you holiday cheer? It gave me some holiday cheer. Awesome, brother. Yeah, tis the season. Is it okay to keep the holiday cheer going after Christmas? I know, if you're my wife, the answer is resounding yes. Yeah, I I had the itch to put the Christmas tree up. I did it before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Just like two days. So, yeah. But hey, Christmas is over, but we We're don't have to be done with Christmas. About Christmas. Let's talk a little bit about Christmas. Um, I just thought it was a good... Uh, a good opportunity to to share a few thoughts on the Christmas story and kind of how Jesus came to the earth and uh, uh, yes, what am I? I'm I'm having a brain, having a brain jam, like a traffic. It's jam. It's better than a brain preserve. This morning, literally had a traffic. <laughs> Was icy. Jam. Yes, it did. No, so we always talk about yeah, Jesus came, but the way that he came, I think, is really special too. And I taught this. Uh, while back to the youth when I was in youth ministry and I kind of wanted to shed some light on it again because I think it's really cool I call this the reversal um and really the way Jesus came is almost as as significant as him coming uh and I want to I want to break that I want to unpack that I want to break it we'll break it down and in the moda modality of christmas you yeah. want to unpack it just like the gift like that it gift. is come on yeah <laughs> and i'm one of the gift openers who just rips everything apart you're a terror i'm a terror i'm not gonna tear you down on this podcast you're not but a if basher you me, of people no i'm a ba- i'm a basher of the wrapping not the, <laughs> not the actual gift unless it's a hammer but i digress all right everybody Thank you for tuning in. I think this is going to be a good time. Uh, grab yourself a cup of hot cocoa or hot cider. Maybe you're with your family. Just try and get away for 30 minutes. Actually, that's probably impossible. Listen to this at your uh, leisure. Here we go. The reversal so about the Christmas story. So Luke 1, 
Uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 5, this is when John, John is the, the cousin of Jesus, and he's born six months before Jesus, right? So we go down to uh, verse 31, Mary's around 14 to 15 years old, okay? What happens when they hear this news, right? John the Baptist jumps in Elizabeth's belly, and then Mary busts out into song, right? Yes. We call that what? The Magnificat. That's the what Magnificat. Uh, Pastor Tasha tells yes. us. Um, just like in a musical, I kind of want to get to that point in my life where something blesses me so much that I instantly come up with a song. That would be, have to be a movement of God's miraculous power for me to do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to take a brief pause real quick because I have a big bag of checks mixed sitting on this table. I see that. You can go ahead and take a I was wondering why. My a- Aunt Tara made me that. And it's actually really good. So I thought we'd share it this morning. That's so sweet of you, man. Uh, you don't have to partake in it right now, but I just want you to let, let you know what's in the bag. That's it's Christmas generosity know, going on. I can, I can see some items in there, and it does look tasty. All right. So I'm not going to read the whole Christmas story. We're just going to break it down real quick. Luke 2. So when we look at the Christmas story... We usually just read over it. We go, that's really nice, right? If you were here for Christmas Eve service, you heard the Christmas story. That was really nice. But it should make us go, how did he do that, right? Because the birth of Jesus really changed everything. So the main theme of Christmas should not just be about Jesus coming to the earth, but also how he came to the earth, how he came really changed everything. So if I was God, which I'm glad that I'm not because I would have made some really poor decisions. But if I was God, I would have came to the earth in a really different type of way, like a really magnificent kind of demonstrative, very demonstrative way that nobody could deny that I was God. Right. Sometimes, you know, we, to prove something, we want to do something that nobody else except us could do. It's like, that was me, man. My handprint, my fingerprints all over that. Right. To be honest, when we look at the Christmas story, it doesn't scream, except for a virgin birth, it doesn't scream like, wow, how great is our God? It doesn't seem like God's seeking popularity or fame in anything that was shown in the birth of Jesus. No. So I would have done it a little bit differently, but God's like, no, I'm going to come as a a baby to a (laughs) 14-year-old virgin girl, right? It's so easy to lose sight of what Christmas is about, right? Uh... Leading up to Christmas, I don't know how early you listen to Christmas music. I don't know how early you bust out the eggnog. But for some people, uh, he's, he's cringing. He doesn't like eggnog, right? It's about Santa, presents, eggnog, My, Michael Buble. Come Oof, on. What a voice. What a voice. <laughs> Seriously. But <laughs> it's, it's about Jesus, right? It's about Jesus and that he came, but also how he came. So let's look at the... The reversal process starting with the manger, okay? So let's look at the manger and the swaddling clothes. You know, swaddling is a good term when you when, when we say, hey, I'm going to swaddle the baby. It means wrap them tight and it helps them go to sleep. One night I had a group of young adults over <laughs> and we were talking about what it would be like to be swaddled. And I had a very oversized blanket <laughs> and a couple of my buddies wrapped me up like a burrito and I considered that yeah. being swaddled. Right. The act of swaddling is nice. But, but what were these swaddling clothes? Swaddling clothes literally were just rags, things that they had lying around. It might have been a potato sack, you know? Uh, they put potatoes in a bag back then. Could have agitated Maybe. Jesus's baby skin. It could have, right? So in a manger, we think, oh, how quaint, how, how soft, how quiet. No, it was dirty. It was disgusting. It was covered in probably mildewed hay, right? It had feces in there. It was where they where they fed the animals. It was uh, it, it was it was basically where the animals lived. If you've ever been in a pig pen, it stinks. This has been encouraging to me. Have you ever heard the insult said to somebody? What were you born in a barn? Right. 
said, well, Jesus was. <laughs> no, but my Lord, my Savior, my King, he was born in the barn. Okay. Yeah. So there's nothing cute about it, right? Swaddling clothes are something that we think like, man, if I could get that on sale at Nordstrom Rack, I'd totally pick those things up. No. Swaddling clothes are dirty. You need to put those through the wash. Okay? So there's nothing cute about it. So why did God do it that way? So this is what I think. Jesus' birth opened up an era where human expectations and social acceptance was completely reversed. So the theme of this story in Luke is that the least, the last, and the lost become the first, the found, and the foremost. That's what our God really is all about. So let's look at the city of Bethlehem. We think, oh, quaint little town in which we could maybe visit someday, right? But it's a small town that really never got noticed. There was no press. Nobody rose to power out of Bethlehem. I'm going to say something harsh, but Bethlehem is almost like silt, okay? And if you live in silt, which you do. I do actually I'm so live sorry. in silt. But what's the motto of, of silt? Silt happens. Silt happens. Which right? sounds a little bit like something we can't say on this podcast, <laughs> nor do we want to say on this podcast. <laughs> right. Right. So nothing really great came out of Bethlehem. And so in biblical culture, the place that you were born determined your destiny. It spoke of who you would become and who you would never be. Say, well, that guy's from Bethlehem. He ain't going anywhere. Right. So this speaks of when you put your faith in Jesus, it really doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you're from. You know, we say, man, he was, that guy's from the wrong side of the tracks. It doesn't matter which side of the tracks you're from. It doesn't matter who your daddy is, what your past is. When you put your faith in Jesus, he reverses all human expectations, all social definitions. He completely flips the script. So let's look at the shepherds. This is a cool one too. So our nativity scene really paints shepherds to be quite awesome, right? We give them respect. Even Jesus is likened to the good shepherd, right? They have cool headdresses. They've got the robes. They've got the sashes and the staffs. You know, how cool? Not exactly, okay? In the social caste system, shepherds weren't even ranked, they weren't even ranked. They were lower than the low. They were considered unclean and untrustworthy. And this is actual, uh, I don't, I'm not going to cite my sources on this podcast, but you can look it up and see that this is accurate. So they were so untrustworthy that they were not even allowed to testify in court. Their testimony was worthless in court. Rabbis and everyone, they all agreed, nope. You can't even testify in court. So nobody wanted to be a shepherd. It became a job that was completely undesirable. You would probably see it on Mike Rose Dirty Jobs because it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, but God chose to notify not great kings first, not the wise men first. He notified a group of shepherds. Mm. A group of shepherds. Um the wise men actually came, I think, maybe two or three years later. Yes, sir. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So God is trying to send us a message. It's not just about Jesus coming, but how he came. He reversed everything. Even the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah, Zacharias, it tells a story. Um, you know, they, it says in the Bible that they were blameless and um, they were without fault. Um, they were a righteous couple, but she was actually barren, so she couldn't even have a child. And in, in the, those days, the word blameless meant blessing. So that's almost ironic, right? They were blameless before the Lord, but she was barren, which kind of means not blessed, right? Because mm -hmm. that was a big deal, like having children. It still is a big deal today, but Absolutely. I think we placed more importance on it back in that day. Have a child, carry on the name, pass the mantle, all that kind of stuff. So the very fact that they were considered blessing, but not 
being able to have a child was ironic. Um, so, and even if you were barren, it was, uh, uh, even if you, sorry, <clears throat> if you were barren, it was considered divine punishment from God. So again, adding to that, uh, confusion, right? I think I'm being punished by God, but I'm considered blameless and without fault. So some of you who are listening to this might even feel this way. I know I felt this way at times, right? You think, man, I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to love God, but I'm hurting, right? I'm empty. You could say I'm, I'm barren, whether it be physically, emotionally, financially, uh, this story really shows us that God can take your barrenness and reverse it. So what happens when you read the story? He uh, He gave her a child, and he can reverse whatever you're going through and perform a miracle in your life. So your barrenness is not a result of God punishing you. So I'm not going to get into this story, but bad things happen to good people sometimes, and I can't necessarily explain it, but I do know that that does not come from God. And when we trust and we put our faith in him, he has the ability, he is willing and able to reverse that situation. Full agreement with Amen. So the Christmas story tells us to look at life differently, right? Don't let social definitions define your future. Don't let what you've done or what people have said about you define your purpose and future that God has for you. You want to say anything? Keep going. No, right? I want I'm, you to I'm, keep. I'm, you're I'm on the wrapping train. this thing up. It's it's fast. <laughs> so That's all right. God can reverse everything. You are who God says you are, not who your dad was or anything like that. Even if your dad was an upstanding guy, God has called you to be unique. And sometimes it can look awful lot like what maybe your parents did, but even good or bad, that's not defining who you are. God defines who you are. Amen. Amen. So that reversal process, again, I'll just break it down one more time. We'll go over it again. The manger in the clothes, gross, dingy, stinky, yet he chose to do that, chose to come through a 14-year-old girl, a uh, virgin girl, virgin birth, Bethlehem, a town that nobody cared about, notifying shepherds, people that nobody cared about, not even allowed to give a testimony in court, Right. All that stuff. He totally reversed mm. social expectations because he ushered in a new era and he reversed. The first reversed will become everything. last and the last will become first. Yeah. Even before his birth, that was consistent with what his values yeah. would be. I heard, which I thought was really interesting, I thought Nazareth would probably be a decent sized town. Probably a town of, you know, 50,000 people or you know, there were less people in the world in those days. Yeah. I just learned that Nazareth, the town that Jesus grew up in, had 2,000 people in it. Wow. So you mentioned Silt. That's yeah. the smallest town in our whole valley. Silt nearly has twice as many people wow. in it as Nazareth. Glenwood and Rifle both have 10,000 yeah. people, which means Nazareth was five times smaller wow. than rifle or gunwood. So not only was Jesus's birth in a place that was yeah. small, his whole childhood was in a place that was small and extremely insignificant. One of the disciples, when they heard that Jesus came from Nazareth, what did they say? Can anything, Can anything good, good come out of right. Nazareth? Right. Uh, God just wants to show he's bigger and greater and none of those things can define us. Only he can. Amen. So he's willing to do all those things, I believe to some degree, make these amazing God starts that were prophesied before Jesus was even born mm -hmm. to prove that that stuff won't define us so that we can rest our whole identity in him. Amen. Is that your wisdom of the day? Can be. Yeah. I, I mean, like it. We've got time left, but hey, I don't, you know what? I don't this think is we need a to week, fill it. This is a week where people have extra time with family. Maybe we should be 
cognizant of that yeah. and allow them Aware. to have a quicker podcast experience yeah. so they can spend more time with their family. I'm is totally, that the wisdom of the I'm, day? I'm totally okay with that. What is uh, your wisdom of the day, my man? Um, I think I said it a few different times, but I will reiterate it again. Um, uh, Jesus' birth opened up an era where human expectations and social acceptance was completely reversed. And even though God reversed that, we have a tendency to reverse what he reversed Ooh. Um, in our own hearts, our own minds, and even in culture. Um, some A way of, of doing things slowly gets abandoned. Even if it was the right thing, God reversed something, then over time we slowly start reversing it again. So that's why it's so good to look at stories like this, read your Bible, learn God's heart, and then examine your own heart. Have I reversed something that God worked so hard to reverse in the first place? It's like, the way I'm seeing what you're saying is it's like recalibrating your yeah. life to the way God designed us to have our value system. Yeah. And I heard a minister that I've read say, are we following the westernized Christ or the crucified Christ? Because the crucified Christ Ooh. set certain principles, value, basis as... Are we following culture's version of that, westernized, upward into the right, or are we really following the heart of God? Because sometimes, and dare I say most of the time, those are not one and the same. No. Always got to recalibrate, man. Recalibrate. I'm trying to think of something that needs to be recalibrated often. Well, John Bevere talked about this in one of his books. I believe it was Killing Kryptonite, that Honeywell yeah. that makes yes. meters that check carbon monoxide, I believe. Yep in their factories mm -hmm. has to be taken into a room that has like perfect, perfect I want to say standing, righteous standing. Yeah. <laughs> in a vacuum, perfect. So it can be recalibrated yep. so it can go back into an environment that is not that so it can actually yeah. fulfill its purpose. I like that analogy. I just kept thinking about sights on a gun. Well, is that a bad analogy? <laughs> you, you have it in the case, you throw it in the back of the truck, you go to the range, you put it in the safe. Five years later, you're wondering why you're not hitting your mark. You probably your sights need to be recited in, recalibrated. I like what you said though better because. Do you remember him? Yeah, talking about I that? do remember him talking about that. And actually, I was thinking about a thermostat, but I was like, I don't remember anything about it. So you totally shed some light on that's that. that's why Thank we you. do this podcast together. All right, y'all. I think that's it. Um, enjoy some time with your families this week. Don't let it be a wasted week. It can feel like one sometimes. Yeah. Depending right. on what whether your work you schedule is. you go to work or you get some time off, whether you enjoy family or not. <laughs> Hold on to the biblical promise that the end of a thing is better than its beginning. Amen. Our society yeah. and culture and our world sets up a year and mm -hmm. this last week is the last yeah. week. Let it be a launching pad for 2023. Get some godly momentum going into 2023. Amen. You want to pray? Yeah, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the birth of Jesus on this earth and all the things that were prophesied and all the things that were fulfilled in that birth. Uh, thank you that nothing has to define us, our career, our family background, where we live, because only you have the right to do that. So Lord, we rest our heart. We rest our identity in you. And we trust you for what is to come in this upcoming year. I call all the listeners blessed in Jesus name. Amen. Amen and amen. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Catch us next time on the Song and Growing Podcast with J&J. &J.